20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome into the Wednesday edition of the Pack a Day Podcast. No, you are not hearing things. I did say Wednesday edition. This is Steve Furratch, joined by Dusty Evely and Sarah Kelher. We have done the switch o change We are uh, having some fun tonight because we've got uh, a very special episode coming to you guys tomorrow. So we're here. We switched with the guys, and uh, we're ready to talk some Packers. We had a clunker of a deadline. I'm unbelievably disappointed, but here we are t- talking to Dusty. What's up, dude? Not much, man. It's uh, spooky season, Steve. Woo! Wow. Wow. Uh, Sarah, what's up with you? I wish everyone that was listening could have seen your face because it was just talking to you, Steve, because it was just the most dull, unentertained reaction I have ever seen. I thought he froze for a second. (laughs) I genuinely thought that, but I'm okay. Today was a long day. But other than that, I'm very excited that we're doing this tonight because since it was a long day, long days suck. And then this always makes my day better. So, well, to be fair, Dusty just uh, ripped me one royally right before we started recording this. So, yeah, I'm not really in the mood to entertain his stupid ass jokes. So everybody <laughs> listening, I'm sure you're all aware that Dusty and I have a nice history together. It's and n- uh, nothing yeah, built, I'm, I'm built on respect, right? Mutual respect, I think, is what this is built on, Steve. Sure. Something like that. OK. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll do something like that. But it's a very exciting time. The Packers are officially seven and one halfway through the season. Seven and one. I don't think anybody would have predicted this. Um, it's it's just really cool. They beat the Chiefs on Sunday night football, minus Patrick Mahomes, but still uh it's a that is a team that is just littered with explosive playmakers. So the fact that the Packers were able to beat them, even with Matt Moore. Still still counts as a victory, but it's still a, a really good victory, I think, in my head. Uh, just quick reaction from you guys, Sarah. Hit me up first. Um, what were your thoughts on the game? Yeah, I mean, overall, you covered the basics of, you know, a win was a win, no matter if Pat Mahomes was there or not. But I think there was a lot that came out of it. I saw a lot from uh, Matt LaFleur and everything and just his coaching style and how good of a coach he really is. I think we've been starting to see that but it really kind of came through in that game there was you know they kind of went up and down and they got I think he even said exactly they got punched in the face a bit but they came back and you know it seemed like him and Rodgers are really trusting each other with what kind of plays they're calling and what what kind of plays they're running I mean that third and five to seal the deal is really nervous what are we going to do there and I think with McCarthy we would have just run it up the middle and prayed and hoped for the best but so it was really refreshing to see us really trust Aaron and then be able to kind of seal the deal with that and I think there was obviously great performances from our running back room and just how great that they did and that they've continued to do I thought special teams had a little bit of a rough time in general even J.K. Scott who usually is on his game was a little off his game but I know it was windy so that may have played into it but you know, it wasn't a perfect game for them, but they definitely battled through, and that's what it's that's what it comes down to at this point in the season. And um, I mean, next week with Devonte possibly coming back, that's huge for the entire team and for the offense. So um, it was a great win in my opinion, and I'm looking forward to next week. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think for me, one of the big things I've talked about a lot here, um, elsewhere, on the street, to strangers, is just kind of what LaFleur has done with this offense and kind of that, you know, setting up your tendencies to run counter to them and all that stuff. Right. And setting I'm, just, I'm just picturing Dusty going around to random ass <laughs> people, like, in a parking lot or in a grocery store. It's like, hey, did you see what Matt LaFleur did last week? I live right next to a park, and those people do not like it when I walk over there, Steve. <laughs> not a bit. There's a picnic table. I just sit down with them, open my sandwich. <laughs> hey, guys, what would you think of this sequence? I use the chalk, and I show them exactly how he runs their plays. Yeah, I'm not allowed over there anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, I mean, I've talked about it a lot. Like, one of my main talking points has been, you, know, you set up those tendencies, you run counter to them, you show one thing, you run another, illusion of complexity, blah, blah, blah. I've run that into the ground, um, which it's very interesting. But the thing that I, that I really saw this week uh, that, that we've seen in past weeks as well, but really hit me very strongly this week is uh, how he kind of tailors game plans for individual uh, opponents. It's not just a, they don't have a whole lot of wide receivers and they don't trust their tight ends. This was over and over again. You saw them getting that motion, getting running backs out in space on a linebacker, and they had different plans on what to do with that. That was something that they had some success with early. And they really kind of just kept going back to that well. And he just kept going, okay, do we, we like this matchup over there? That's where we're going. It was something that they saw that they that they clearly had in their plan to attack. And they did that, and they did that to great success. And when you talk about the – I've got a, an article on this coming out on Thursday. But the screen, uh, that long Aaron Jones screen that he took to the house, that, that uh, the, the go-ahead touchdown in the fourth quarter, was set up based on other stuff that kind of ran off of that. Then the idea the, – the, third and five that Sarah was talking about that was kind of set up based on that screen and other stuff. So he's, he's still setting up these tendencies, he's still doing that stuff, but he's got these very specific game plans that he's going in. He's, he's, he's able to be flexible within that and adjust in the game as well, which we also saw, uh, very exciting. I mean, so, I mean, and, and just beyond that, like, I mean, just basically what Sarah said, it's just an exciting game. I mean, the team speed on Kansas city is insane. Like you said, uh, it's, it's just, watching McCole Hardman and then also watching Jimmy Graham, um, which uh, that's two different positions, but it's, it was startling the team speed, which I've, I've watched the chiefs, you know what they're going to do, but, uh, but yeah, it's a good uh, years difference in age. Yeah. A little bit. There's a little bit, uh, but yeah, I mean, it was, it's still a good win. Um, you know, they struggled a little bit, but they had resiliency. They came back. It was just a, it was a fun game to watch for sure. I thought the uh, biggest takeaway for me was, was Mike Pettin because I feel like inside his brain, he must have been going freaking insane because, you know, the the way that they game planned was we are not going to get beat deep. They don't want the guys that have the 4-3, the 4-2 speed to take the top off and go over the top on them. So that results in them taking short uh, – throws and getting the ball out of Matt Moore's hands really quickly into screens and things like that. When you look at the overall game plan and what happened, the biggest play that they gave up was 30 yards. That's impressive, especially for that type of def- that type of offense that they were facing, even with Matt Moore, Matt Moore can still throw a deep ball. Like he's got that ability. And especially if Tyree kill can get over the top, he can hit him. So the fact that they were able to do that, but in my mind, it was just, it was Mike Patton sitting there like it had to be him sitting on his hands like saying, God damn it, this is the only way we're going to beat them. I don't want to do it like this. I don't want to do it like this, but this is the only way it's going to happen. This is the only way I can limit this offense is to make sure that they don't go over the top time and time again like they normally do. 
And so he came up with a really good plan. And I, I think that was my biggest takeaway was that he adjusted really, really well. And I, I love the fact that they weren't going crazy with their blitzes. They were trying to get home with four and they did in, in good situations. So the defense rose to the occasion. They did what they needed to do, especially in the second half, which is impressive uh, holding that team to just seven points in the second half. So that was really good. And again, Matt LaFleur doing things differently, not the way that you expect him. He looked, he game planned, he did he identified what they wanted to do and dusty like you talked about seeing aaron jones move like before motion in before the play started and then move around like that was gold because he realized every time it worked it worked every damn time so the the ability for them to game plan like that on both sides of the ball was just a huge takeaway for me i love the fact they were able to do that and continually finding new ways to win. That's that, So that was really exciting to me. So it is a trade deadline. I was super jacked up that we had traded for this show, technically. We, we got assigned to this one. I was like, oh, awesome. We're going to have so much to talk about. We're gonna, it's going to be so exciting. No, it wasn't. It was boring as all hell. Nothing <laughs> happened. except I mean, Aqib Tlaib went to the Dolphins. Oh, whoop-de-doo. That's really cool. Uh, but yeah, nothing happened. So the Packers actually made a couple of made a couple of moves though, not trades, but I just want to get your immediate reactions. They released uh, tight end Evan Bayless and Darius Shepard is gone, which I think we all kind of saw that coming, especially after letting that punt get down to the two at the end of the game. So I think that was kind of expected, but. Those two are gone. Tremont Smith has been signed, but that actually leaves one roster spot open. So there's Sternberger, there's Ibrahim Campbell. Guys, just uh, immediate thoughts. Dusty, what are you thinking is kind of going to happen with that extra spot? Sternberger seems like the no-brainer. I mean, yeah. he's, we, we talked about, I think, last week that you know he was designated to come back. He can come back this week. Uh, I, I have not seen anything about setbacks. I assume he's he's ready to go, or if not ready to go, at least ready to join the roster. So, I mean, they're not doing anything with that. So I assume Sternberger. And, uh, you know, on, honestly, I've not looked at to see what could possibly happen, but I wouldn't be shocked for their corresponding move for Campbell as well because I know they really like Ibrahim Campbell, what Petten likes to do on defense. He's kind of got that knowledge. So I think, I think probably both of them will see a corresponding move, but Sternberger for sure with that one empty spot. Yeah, I- I pretty much agree with what Dusty said. I don't, I mean, I don't think there's conversation about a bunch of other people and a bunch of other names being thrown out there. I'd love to see the tight end group get mixed up a little bit. If Sternberger comes back and what they're going to do with him. Um, Cause I think we've seen, there's been moments that we've seen the tight ends be able to kind of shine in the offense. So I'm like, let's see what he can do. What comes out of that. Um, so if I kind of had to pick, I would lean a little towards him, but I trust him with her what they're going to decide to do should be exciting. I mean, if they don't have somebody who's 89 years old running for their tight ends, like that could be really exciting if they have, you know, a 20 or 22 year old. No, it's not allowed. The the, the tight ends have to sit until they're at least 30. I think is my understanding. (laughs) I don't think you can actually play them this young. Isn't it crazy that on Thursday he's going to go trick or treating. And then on Sunday he'll play an NFL game. (laughs) (laughs) Outstanding. <laughs> My other question: Are you guys ready to see number eighty-seven jump and do a? Uh, oh, t- they're not going to be doing it in Lambo. So, are you guys going to be prepared to see 
87 scoring a touchdown for the Packers and not have Jordy Nelson in the jersey. I was so shook when I saw Andy's tweet because I thought he was being a troll and like posting a picture of Jordy Nelson saying like, oh, we're going to get him at the trade deadline. And I was like, why? And then I came up on my timeline again later in the day because someone commented on it. And I was like, oh, my God, it's not it's not Jordy. It's not like, Jordy. Oh, I, no. I was just like oh, scrolling no. really fast, walking to class. So I wasn't really like paying super close attention. And I was just like, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, I, I mean, obviously I'm excited and I don't I'm not angry, but I was just like, whoa, Come like, on, it, move on, Sarah. It's over. It was weird. It he's was, not coming back. It's over. I know he's not coming back, but I like have a picture she of Jordy. Yes, I do. <laughs> I'm not one of those people that's like, he's going to come back. Oh my he's God. Could you imagine if they did you. sign him and he had to wear a different <gasps> number? Like put Jordy Nelson in an 82 or something like that. I think he looked good in an 11. Give him another 11. <laughs> Why? Why eleven? I don't know. Like I like the number. Trevor 11. Davis. Yeah. He young. Yeah, like- he young. So trade deadline was pretty much a nothing burger. It uh, was built up and hyped up, and there was all these big names being talked about. It was severely like uh, Darius Slay, um, Jamal Adams, Le'Veon Bell was even tossed around. Um, like a whole bunch of names, like. They were all available, apparently, but nothing happened. Literally nothing happened on the trade deadline. But the Packers apparently were involved with the Robbie Anderson uh, wide receiver for the Jets. So I just kind of wanted to gauge your interest on it. We're not going to talk on it much just because, obviously, the trade did not go through. But everything that was reported was the Jets were looking for a two for a guy who's going to be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season. That's insane. And there was I, – I've seen things that there was a four on the table, and I've also seen things from people with check marks saying that the Packers were the ones with the four on the table. So, overall, what, what, are, what would be your thoughts on just the fact that they were throwing out a fourth round, an early day three pick for somebody who could potentially come in for half a season? That's cool, man. I like it. I mean, what they've been lacking on this offense, um, you know, I was going to say with Devontae Adams now, but not even because he's not really a speedster, really since Trevor Davis didn't pan out, it's just speed, man. I mean, we've, we just saw with Kansas City, and that was a whole team of them, but uh, speed can open up a whole lot of things. And so getting a guy like Robbie Anderson who can fly, to me, yeah, I mean, it's it's worth a fourth-round pick. And, and I think what that comes down to is – you look at the concept of windows in the NFL or any sport really and say, well, the Packers are, you know, they're doing well this year and they're built to succeed. Well, you, how many times do you see that? And I, I think the Packers have that sustained success. You keep thinking it's going to happen, but the, like a windows now, man, like it's seven and one, you know, there's, there's not a ton of super strong teams out there. I think if you can throw a fourth round pick and say, this is the missing piece is a guy who can fly you do that for a half year rental because that's the missing piece and that can open up a whole bunch of stuff. So a, a two is entirely too high, but the Packers throwing sure. a fourth out there. If I heard that deal went through, I would have been elated that they got Robbie Anderson for a fourth. Yeah. That was kind of my thought. It was just, uh, it was just very interesting to kind of read because my, my biggest takeaway from the trade deadline is Bill Bell checks an evil genius. Hmm. He went out and fulfilled his big need. He got a wide receiver. He overpaid for it, but I mean, 
at the end of the day, what's it going to be? Like the, their second round pick is still in the low 60s, most likely. Yeah. So it's basically a third round pick. You're giving up a third round pick. You got what you wanted, but you skewed the market so deeply because now all of a sudden, like, well, Muhammad Sanu got a second round pick. So AJ Green should be a first plus something else. And Robbie Anderson should be a second. So he skewed the market so bad that none of the other teams improved drastically by getting that, that game changer or, you know, that missing piece that they needed. And he's in there and got what he wanted. So well done to Bill Belichick, the uh, evil genius I didn't think could get smarter. He could get smarter and he officially did it. Like he impressed me even more on this, on this day uh, and pulled it off a, a couple, like a week ago. So kudos to that man, but still. Tigers are 7-1. They're getting Devontae Adams. They're getting Jay Sternberger, potentially getting Ibrahim Campbell, one of those two. So, I mean, they're adding to their team. They really are, and that's uh, that's a really good thing. Packers offense, Chargers defense. This is what we've been continually focused on every single week, um, and so we're just going to do it again because the Packers now sit 7-1. and one. Um, They're heading out to – Almost said San Diego again, but <laughs> caught myself. They're going to go out to L.A. where the offensive coordinator was just fired after a win over the Bears. How ridiculous. Um, putting up 17 against the Bears when they're at home and you win the game. Um, I, I don't quite understand that. I guess they're trying to shake things up a little bit, but doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But. Whatever. Obviously, I'm not uh, a GM. I'm not a owner. I'm not anything like that. So there's probably good reason for that. But Sarah, we are going to talk about the one thing that you are going to be looking for in this game um, before Dusty breaks down things that make us sound stupid. Great. Always love sounding <laughs> stupid. So um, for yet another week, I am going to be focused on the running game and what we're doing there. So from what I've found in some of my research and just based on some previous performances, um, a lot of times the Chargers struggle at times against the rushing game. And so I'm really interested to see with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams kind of going to bat every single game and really, really playing well. I'm curious to see what they do just to kind of shine some light on some of this and their defense in general. So, so far throughout the season, not counting the Bears game this past week because this wasn't updated yet, but um, QBs against the Chargers have had a 74.5% completion rate, 1,603 yards, 12 touchdowns, six interceptions, and 108.3 QB rating. So that's, yeah, not not <laughs> ideal. Aaron Rodgers is like average quarterback rating in the past few games is like almost 115. So that's like ridiculous. Um, and pro hopefully good news for the Packers offense. As far as like rush specific statistics, the running backs and the rush has been able to have 195 carries for 820 yards. And they're averaging 4.2 yards a carry against the Chargers. So Good news for Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams, hopefully there. So that's kind of going to kind of be the spot that I'm looking at there. Outstanding. I'm going to uh, kind of go the opposite way. I'm looking at wide receivers. I want to see with the potential that Devontae Adams could be there. 
There's no announcements. Obviously, we're still early in the week. We haven't even hit, uh, hit the injury list. Um, but if he is coming back and he is going to be playing, I want to see what that next uh, lineup looks like. Where do they put Geronimo? Where do they put uh, MVS? Where do they put Lazard? Like with Kumaro there too. Like all those guys have performed. I'm just I want to see what the the initial the initial first the you know three wide receiver set looks like. Do they trust Lazard a little bit more than Geronimo now? Is a you know Dusty has been huge and influential on this podcast because the three of us now. Um, <laughs> despise Geronimo Allison. I think that's fair to say, right? I, I mean, I know he's a, a very nice person, blah, blah, blah. But every time I see him drop a ball, I just, I'm like, Dusty, God, God. Mm. He just pointed, <laughs> he continually points it out. And um, so I, that is one thing I'm very interested to see is how they continue. They will start to work him back into the offense because he's the m- most talented uh, route runner by far on the Packers. And, Rodgers wanted to get him 200 balls this year. And I know, obviously, with the injury, that's not going to happen, but he's going to want to get him the ball. So I'm just intrigued to see what happens when he comes back, if the offense still starts to flow the way it's been flowing, or if he starts to have uh, like some Sterling Sharp eyes, kind of like Brett Favre did. Does he see Devontae more than he sees everybody else? So that is the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for. I mean – I watched some of that Bears game against the Chargers and it got me excited because Mitchell Trubisky was able to take the Bears all the way down the field and set them up for a game-winning field goal within like 20 seconds. Like It was just ridiculous that if Mitchell Trubisky is doing that, Aaron Rodgers is going to be just fine. I am not worried one bit about this. And plus, it's going to be about 85% Packers fans anyway. So, it, I mean, to be fair, I mean, it's pretty much like the Packers have eight and a half home games and seven and a half away games. So, I feel very comfortable in that. Dusty, I'm sure you've got a multitude of articles slash videos slash everything that covers all of these things. So, please, uh, we will put ourselves on mute and let you uh, have the floor and impress us once again, my friend. Before I get there, so this has come up a couple times already, the, the game last week, the Chargers-Bears game last week. Can we talk about just just – just briefly, because we don't need to touch on it too much, how dumb that Nagy decision was. Like, beyond the beyond the obvious, I don't know if you saw today, where they asked Eddie Pinero, like, did you want to kick from the left hash? He was like, no, I wanted to go from the middle. Then he immediately was like, ooh. Yeah, I saw that. Probably shouldn't have said that. Uh, so Nagy actually kneeled down in a hash mark his kicker didn't want to be at uh, instead of just going to the middle if you're going to take that loss. It just, just it, it, it keeps piling up, and it's delicious uh so with- i uh, to be fair i will just say i, I mean i get it i get it the mm. i i can see what you're talking about i can see it but you can also see like they're so petrified of field goals that he he's like you know what i don't want to risk a fumble we are set up with a 40 yard field goal i have an nfl kicker the nfl kicker should be able to hit a 41 yard field goal <laughs> should but isn't a 35 yard field goal easier since they have a timeout i get I, that you don't i, I get that he doesn't and trust i saw Trubisky. that part i too. trust that i get, understand saying, all that it's and they he's hit, he's already hit a game winning field goal and he's he's hit field goals before so i was just saying like i for as much as i love to pile on the bears and i do believe me i i texted 
all of my friends in Chicago this whole that as soon as it happened. And I told them as uh, the only thing it would have made it better is if it was a 43 yard field goal that he missed. Mm-hmm. Um, and to which I probably got lots of expletives and I hate shoes and like, well, I, I expected that, which whatever. But your field goal, your kicker should be able to make a 41 yard field goal. Should be. It's also easier to make a 35 yard field goal. It's a dumb decision. It's a remarkably dumb decision. I don't want to harp on it too much. It's Fair. a really, really, really dumb decision. Dumb decision. Dumb, Steve. Dumb. Um, okay. Okay. So. <laughs> you realize you just, you made that sound like I'm dumb, not the Chicago Bears. Decision. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm dumb. Dumb, dumb Steve. He dumb. Somehow, he somehow turned it to that. He's yeah. like, I'm just going to channel all my anger. Don't expect anything Fully else. aware, Steve. I'm fully, <laughs> fully aware of what was happening. <laughs> I know you are. Why don't you talk about your stupid articles? Like, ooh, right. I write three articles. I'm so special. I'm so tired, Steve. I'm tired <laughs> all the time. <laughs> Mood. Um, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Um, it's, I mean, you guys touched on some of that. I mean, so I just want to bring up some of the football outsider stuff. I, I talk about kind of my methodologies. I kind of start with them. I look at kind of where some of the strengths are on offense for the Packers and weaknesses for the opponent. Uh, so this, <laughs> this week was fun. Uh, cause usually you have like one area to attack is at least what we've seen because the Packers have gone up against good defenses. Uh, so Packers overall fourth ranked offense and the chargers are the 27th ranked defense. That's not good, but sometimes that stuff evens out. I mean, you know, they're really good in one spot and really bad in another. Packers have the fourth best passing passing offense, and the Chargers have the 25th ranked passing defense. That's bad for the Chargers, but that's good for the Packers. The Packers have the fifth ranked rushing offense, and the Chargers have the 24th ranked rushing defense. That's bad. It's bad all the way around. As near as I can tell, the only thing that's allowed them to be good is they've had uh, turnovers in seven straight games, and I believe multiple turnovers in two of those games. But then you have to look at who they're playing, who have been garbage teams with with garbage players. Uh, so they're, they're, they are forcing turnovers, so that's big. Um, one of the things that I want to look at was Steve, you mentioned the wide receiver, seeing how that's going to play out. I'm kind of curious about the running backs because uh, they have been focused on that. And that is a, if Devonte's back this week, which we haven't heard, right? It's kind of assumed that he's going to be back, but no one has actually said that he is back. Um, they have gone a fairly running back heavy, uh, receiving load over the past couple weeks. Uh, so I, I kind of want to see how that goes. And Hey, guess what? Also a good matchup because the Chargers are the 31st ranked team in the league at defending throws to running back per football outsiders. They they average, they give up an average of 43.7 yards per game to running backs, which is not great. I mean, it's not, it's not terrible, you know, 43.7, but it's also, again, you're looking at like the teams that they're facing are not typically throwing to running backs a lot of times. But football outsiders takes is these efficiency stats and you're looking at how are you doing and in, in, in what you're doing. And so this, this yardage average is almost secondary. They're the 31st ranked team in the league at defending uh, running back passes, which the Packers have been killing teams with. So that seems like an area they can exploit a lot. Um, the the last thing I'm going to bring up, I was going to bring up pressure numbers, but eh, there's no time. There's no time for that. Um, the Chargers have a missed tackle rate of 12.6%, which is the fourth most in the league. So to give a little perspective, you guys watch the Packers. You're familiar with the Packers. I was right? say, what's the Packers? Yeah, the pack, <laughs> miss Packers, rate. Packers miss tackles on defense, right? Man, they're not good. They have a 10.9% uh, 10. missed tackle rates, and against the Chargers are 126 so the Packers are Packers are a better tackling team than the Chargers are, and I want you to let that sit in for a second. So what we have is a Chargers defense that um, can't defend against the pass. Uh, they can't defend against the run. They're really bad at passes against the running back, and also they miss tackles. 
but they turn the ball over sometimes. So they force turnovers. Hmm. And Aaron hmm. Rodgers doesn't like to throw interceptions. He doesn't, Steve. Yeah. He sure doesn't. Again, this is like last week. It seems like it's setting up for the Packers quite well. It sure does. It sure hmm. does. Hmm. All right. Well, that will lead us into our next uh, score prediction segment. So, again, all three of us picked a Packers victory. We are all victorious. So that leads us to Dusty and I are both seven and one. And Sarah is six and two on the season. And uh, I haven't told you guys this, but I, I came up with an idea mm. for our wager. So whoever are the bottom two at the end of the season have to buy the winning person a jersey of their choice for what do you think? I think I can think about it. <laughs> Does it have to be a uh, oh, uh, dude? Dude, I am married. I know. I know when I hear it. <laughs> well, no, I'm thinking. I can think about it. I'm thinking. I've got some ideas. Like, like, does it have to be a current player? Does it have to be a Packers player? Does it have to be a no, current you, Packers whatever, player? Whatever. I mean, I would think it would be a Packers jersey, but uh, technically, you would be able to choose whatever jersey you want if you win. But you're gonna, you're getting you a. Steve, you're getting a whoever. If I don't win, you guys are getting a Taco Wallace jersey. I'm gonna find a Taco Wallace. Jersey. No, no, no. The the winner gets to pick the jersey they want. Oh you no, no, that's, no. That no. I'm sorry. That's no. I'm sorry. Jersey. This is that's not how this works. No, you're the loser. The winner, you don't get the, no. The, the winner. Jersey. The winner gets the jersey, but the losers get to pick. I no. think that's only fair. No. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to end up with a Jake Plummer jersey after I go 15-1 and one in my predictions. No, I'm going to buy you a, uh, one of the things I've always wanted most of my life is that's a Green Bay Packers Tim Couch jersey. That's what that's – what, if you win, that's what you're getting, buddy. I will tell you, if you're going to give me an obscure backup quarterback, I would prefer a Vince Young jersey. Oh, that's actually mm-hmm. not a bad if choice. If you're going random-ass like, backup quarterback, okay. I would go Vince Young at 10. Like, okay. I think that looks cooler than the couch in the two. I, you're wrong, but that's Sarah, funny. these are backup quarterbacks that <laughs> barely played for the Packers years and years ago. Ne- did neither of them made it off, made it past a uh, uh, preseason? I don't think did they? I don't think they did. Couch screwed up his shoulder, and he did, he certainly did not. No, Vince Young didn't make the team either. So, yeah. uh, so Sarah, low man on the totem pole. The uh, obviously the first person purchasing a jersey for one of the two of us. But go ahead, six and two. What is your prediction for the Packers and the L.A. Chargers? I have the Packers winning this week, 31-17. to 17. There we go. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything else to say. Boring-ass prediction, but good job. Well, okay. You just toasted me with introducing <laughs> me as, hello, Miss Six and two. What's your prediction? So my morale is low. It's not too difficult. Relax, man. If you thought that was roasting, Sarah. No, I said toasting. Like slightly. Oh, okay. Okay. Slight slight (laughs) toast. Obviously, that's the difference between toasting and roasting, Dustin. I know. I'm a man. I make toast. Uh, Okay. Seven and one. What's your prediction? Uh, I'm going to go Packers 38-21. I'm feeling it. I'm looking at that defense. I, I think I think it's one of those uh, that, that's going to be close in the first half. I mean, Steve, you touched on Wizenhunt getting fired. Uh, there, there can be kind of an effect after an offensive coordinator is fired. They bring in someone else in. You get not only a little rejuvenation and also some new ideas, but also this uh, there's stuff not on tape. And so you get maybe like a three or four game 
a slight hike in, in, in your offense because teams just simply don't know what's coming before they get a chance to adjust. So I think we're going to see some of that early. I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers kind of kind of jump up early-ish and the Packers uh, come back. So I do think it's going to be kind of close in the first half. Packers pull away in the second. Uh, 38-21. Okay. I am also picking the Packers. I am going to go 31-24, much like the Chiefs game, because I think it just, as you just said, new offensive coordinator. I think they're going to be able to come out with some things. They'll be at home. They're comfortable there. And um, a little bit more offense, a little bit more of um, things that the Packers don't have, like you said, don't have on film. So they'll be able to shock them on a couple of plays, get a couple of big plays here and there. I mean, Keenan Allen's still like a freak of nature. Melvin Gordon uh, is coming around. Like, I don't know if you watched that Bears game, but he had a a huge touchdown run where he just ran through like seven dudes and was thoroughly impressive. So it'll be very interesting to kind of, to watch that. But I think it's, um, it's going to be really exciting. I think it's going to be a good game, but, Overall, I think the Packers will come out with a victory, come out eight and one. And um, I'm excited. I'm excited. So I actually went back and uh, re listened to one of our episodes from before the season started, since it is now officially halfway through the NFL season for the Packers, where they're sitting at seven and one. And just kind of want to do a, a recap of things that we had predicted and, um, I mean, I kind of want to make fun of Sarah again. So that was pretty much the <laughs> the, the determining factor of, of doing this because we had we had made predictions as to uh, what would happen between the first eight games. We made predictions for the last eight games. And Dusty, uh, hate you, but you were the most accurate out of the three of us. Yes. You had the Packers sitting at six and two. You had – you actually predicted the first four games correctly. You said that they would go three and one with a loss to the Eagles when nice. Sarah, I think Sarah and I both had three and one, but I had them losing to the bears. Sarah had them losing to the Vikings. I think that was it. Sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it, it turned a little bit because dusty had them going three and one again in the second quarter, ending up at six and two. I had them going five and three, and Sarah had them going four and four. Boo, yeah. boo! This woman. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Like I don't, I don't really know what the hell she's thinking, but she is low hey, man on the totem pole. Glad so. that I was wrong. So. Well, yeah, low man on the totem pole. But you did have them bouncing back and ended up having them going ten and eight uh, on the. <laughs> And for those of you who didn't recall, Sarah had some issues with math uh, in that last episode. Uh, she decided that at the end of the season, they would be 10 and 8, not 10 and 6. So Wouldn't, wouldn't that be something? Again, she thought that she was already predicting ahead where she knew there was going to be an 18-game schedule for next year. So yeah. she just got a little confused. It's okay. But had them going 10 and 8. I had them going 11 and 5, and Dusty had them going 12 and 4. So... Uh, readjustment time, guys. I think we can we can talk about it. They're sitting at seven and one. We're not going to go game through game, but Sarah, again, low man on the totem pole with your predictions. Jesus Christ, <laughs> what is? Oh my gosh! I take back what my opening comment was. I was like, oh, I'm so excited to do this because I had a long day, and you guys are always so much fun. No, now no. I just... this is what it's like with me and Steve every week, though. Yeah, it is. It that's is. very true. The, the, the first like 
three or four months that Dusty and I did this without you was just us bitching at each other nonstop. So yeah, I tried to find Steve's home address so I could drive and kill him after like a month of it. <laughs> and then Andy was like, "Hey, I know this girl. I'm gonna throw her in so she can try to tame the arguments mm-hmm. between you yeah. two. And now we yeah. all just at each other. So mm-hmm. I'm sure he's like, "Hey, talk about Oreos. They like Oreos." <laughs> Okay, Sarah. So uh, right now you had them at four and four, but obviously different now. Seven and one. What would be your end all be all prediction for the end of the year? I have them at thirteen and three. Um, I think that they're going to drop the game to the 49ers. They just look super great right now. And then I think they're going to drop one in the division. I don't really see them losing to the Bears at home. So. And I don't know about the Lions, but so maybe I know Dusty and I kind of agreed on this. It might be at Minnesota. That might be the game that they end up dropping in the division. But I don't think it would be a make or break thing. I think by then they would have the division kind of unlock and they'd be able to, you know, go through. So I had them at 13-3 dropping to the 49ers and the Vikings. Yeah, I mean, the the optimist to me has them 15-1 and one, uh, because why not? Uh and I do think they can do it. I mean, they don't. They don't have the strongest schedule. Uh, even the Niners that they they hit on the other side of the bye. But I will say, um, I'm going to bake in a couple wins. I'm going to sit with Sarah. I'm going to say, I'm going to say 13 and three. Uh, just there's so many, there's so many games that have been close so far that you know they hinge on one or two plays. They're coming up. You know, the Panthers. Uh, even this week, you know, I've got them winning big, but who knows what could happen? The Panthers just got housed by the Niners. But that's right before the bye week. Uh, maybe the Packers are limping a bit or looking at that bye week, and the Panthers. Do they kind of have a fairly solid defense, I believe, anyway. Uh, the Niners on the other side of the bye are good. Like, I think there's enough games that could trip them up uh, to, to where I could see them losing a couple. So I'll say, yeah, I'll say probably, I'll say 13 and 3 as well. And, and that certainly gets them to the division. I will boo both of you for your lack of uh, faith in the Packers because I'm going 14 and 2. 14 and 2 is happening. Um, They're going to. Beat everybody except for, let's see. Honestly, I think it's going to be the Bears. I don't know why, but like I feel like it's just such a, it should be a win that yeah. it, it just might happen. It just might happen that defense is still good enough that crazier things have happened. So I think that'll be one, that'll be their one trip up game. But overall, like I, I feel comfortable with all the rest of them being able to beat everybody else. I, I really do. Like, I feel like this offense is evolving rapidly and you throw Devonte Adams back into the mix and even throwing Sternberger, which I really don't think is going to be a huge difference, but I mean, he, he has the ability to make, make some bigger plays here and there. And you get his confidence going for the next year too. But I think this team is really special. They're they're healthy. They are they're getting they're and they're ascending. That's the biggest thing is they haven't played their best football yet, which is exactly what I what I want to see. So uh, I'm going fourteen and two. I'm going overly ambitious, and that's uh, that's kind of how I want to do it for the Packers season. So that uh, wraps pretty much this episode up for us i think we're going to uh leave out leaves with some closing thoughts uh sarah you wanted to start us off right yes so basically as you all know since you are listening to us a day early there was some rearranging with the scheduling and basically the group that 
is going tomorrow. They have a really awesome show planned and it involves a special guest. So that's why they kind of had to change some of the scheduling around. So you're definitely going to want to make sure you listen to that. It'll be a really cool episode and I'm excited to listen to it myself. So definitely be on the lookout for that. Super exciting stuff coming there. Jesse, what you got for me? Uh, first of all, just Halloween. It's the best season of the year, man. Best is getting cold. Uh, the horror movies everywhere. It's a, good, it's a good time of year. My my personal favorite time of the year. So I did want to let you know it snowed in Milwaukee today. Did it really? I saw uh, it snowed in Green Bay. So. Woke up in the morning and it wasn't bad. Like by any means, there it was a there was a I would say half the grass was covered in snow today. Gracious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's cool. It was like eh, fifty two here or something. Just nice. It's a good, good fall day. Uh, so yeah, just, just in general, spooky season. Spooky season is great. Um, the, the, the other one is just, just my um, kind of what I do every week. I've got my, my three articles, three articles I'm writing now because there's something wrong with my brain. Uh, so I've got one hitting today. You'll listen to this on Wednesday. That is. Don't need to uh, convince me of that. <laughs> thank you. Uh, <laughs> that's my new weekly one going up on Packer Report. That's my favorite pressure. This week I got to dig into. There's a really cool. Uh, kind of a six-man look that they only ended up sending three men on. It was a three-man rush, uh, but it was a nice little zone blitz that, that schemed up a free rusher. Beautiful, beautiful scheme to get a free rusher off a three-man rush. That was tremendous. So I got talked about uh, zone blitz a little with, with Dick LeBeau and, and Bill Arnsberger. That was kind of awesome. Uh, so that'll be up today on Wednesday. Thursday will be my big piece over at Cheesehead where I'm breaking down six – Six passing concepts. Four of them, which I kind of mentioned earlier, kind of work off of this same uh, how they use running backs on the perimeter, uh, specifically using motion and and being the underman out of stack looks to kind of and and how they ran and how they set up different stuff through that. So uh, that should be fun. It's it's six plays and four of them deal specifically with that, uh, and that was a lot of fun just to see again uh, as we kind of talked about this this specific game plan they put in the specific area they were attacking they just kept going to that was kind of great uh and then on friday i've got a piece going up over on packer report that is a breakdown of the uh, failed flea flicker that was a post wheel flea flicker that was just a just the more i watch it just a tremendous amount of fun it didn't work out uh, but the thought that goes into that and the way that was run um was it was just amazing to watch so uh so that's uh that's that's my uh, my articles i've had going up this week that's very cool. I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to read that one because as soon as I, I saw the flea flicker happen, I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God. This is so cool. This is so cool. The Packers are doing fun stuff. The Packers are doing fun stuff again. <laughs> Didn't yeah. work, but still, it, it's still like the, the fact that they are throwing flea flickers and doing that kind of stuff, that, that's awesome. So, all the timing of that, like one of my favorite things about the timing of that, all the receivers, including Aaron Jones, right on that jet sweep, dog it for the first half of that, just setting up, it's a run. I'm going to like half-heartedly block. And then as soon the timing on it's perfect. As soon as Jamal Williams goes to pitch it back, they all bust out into a full sprint. Like watching, watching the, uh, the speed of that move of selling that run to just going full sprint. As soon as the, as soon as the Packers telegraphed that it was a pass was amazing to watch. So I, I watched that specific thing probably 20 times today. It was just awesome to watch. When I Is saw, it... sorry, Steve. No, go ahead. Go ahead. When I saw the touchdown pass, the insane, the touchdown pass to Jamal Williams, the first, it's funny that the first thing I thought of was just like, oh my gosh, Dusty is going to freak out. <laughs> I did. I did. And then, no sooner I go on Twitter and I just see so many tweets from you and videos already of you like mashing it up to songs. And I was like, 
He yes. this is like Christmas for Dusty. It was so uh, <laughs> so exciting. It was so exciting. <laughs> that was exciting. I'm still I'm still hyped about it. <laughs> so Dusty, I do have to ask: Do you think he was actually throwing it to Jamal Williams? Well, he I, I buy his I buy his explanation. His explanation. I heard it. Was, I heard it as well in the interview where he said he he caught Jamal at the end, like in the corner of his eye at the last second. Well, I think he said like originally that he didn't know who he didn't. I, I don't know. Maybe he's clarified since then uh, that he did not know who it was. He just basically yeah. said, "I knew there was a guy back there. Like I saw someone back there, and he thought I'm going to throw this high to Graham, and either he catches it." Or maybe right. the guy behind him catches I was, it. I was going off of what I heard off the the NBC interview, like right away. He after said the post game. He said it somewhere else as well, but it, right. it was somewhere. The thing I had heard was uh, was he's throwing it, basically chucked it high that either Graham was getting it or the guy yeah. behind Graham was getting it or no one was getting it. So he I, said that at the presser, the post game yeah, presser. Yeah. Presser. So like, so. I, he was not specifically targeting, but he 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 had the thought in his mind. I want to give whoever's back there. I want to give him a chance to at least make the play, which I buy. Okay. I buy that. Okay. Uh, all right. So for my closing thought, uh, since we are on the eve of Halloween and there will be a lot of trick or treating going on tomorrow. Uh, yeah. When you're listening to this, this will be tomorrow. So Thursday night, this is what I'm going to tell you. If you have the ability, give out full size candy bars. Yes. Make every child's dream come true because it happened to my kid uh, and she got two full-size candy bars and the pure joy and elation that came back when she <laughs> came back with a full-size Reese's um, was outstanding and, you know, went back and talked to the neighbors and the like the the neighbors have kids and they've got a seven and an eight year old and they were once they found out that there were people giving out full size candy bars they had to go they had to get back into costume and go back out once they found out there were people giving it so that's awesome it's just pretty cool like i know it's a lot like it's a, a decent amount of money to have to buy full size candy bars and that many of them so everybody can't do it but if you have the ability go do it because it's it's really really cool uh, to see that that kind of joy and and uh, happiness from kids again. So, if you can do that, do it. Um, yeah, hey, uh, Steve, are you forgetting something? Steve, it's, it no. seems like you kind of forgot to do something. Are you? No, the note's right here. It's it's right there. <laughs> I just don't want to do it. In the eyes, Steve. Look me in the eyes like a man. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> so as uh, the Packers are on this winning streak, and I stupidly told these fools that I love them, um, and I didn't really think they would beat the Chiefs, I said I'd look them in the eye when I said it this time. So mm -hmm. this is apparently going to have to happen. So I am going to take a drink of my uh, McKenna tenure. So for those nice. of you who are listening, it is the Drinking While Podcasting. It is a McKenna tenure, which is very – it's – more difficult to find i would say but if you can find it buy it it's delightful it's a solid bourbon very good mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so i'm gonna take a sip of this and i'm gonna look these two in the eyes oh god damn it i can't i have dusty just like with his hair it's like putting his hand on his chin like i'm waiting steve if the packers didn't have a four game win streak off of this i would just torch this whole segment of this show but 
<laughs> Can you take your hand off your chin? Like you just look like I no. cannot. I okay. cannot. Dusty. Mm-hmm. I love you. <laughs> God, I hate that. <laughs> oh. Sarah, I love you too. But perfect. perfect. Oh, there it is. Okay. Perfect. Oh, God, that sucks. I I uh, got a screen cap of that moment. Oh. Um. I totally like as much as I love the Packers, I kind of want them to lose at this point because I, I, I mean, this is what I have to continually do every week now because I looked you in the eye for this week. So you just said, uh, didn't you just say 14 and two? Hey, Steve, yeah. check your DM. Oh, yeah. no. yeah, that's right, Steve. Oh, you did screen capture it? I was, <laughs> was going to get a video and I didn't, but I did get a picture. So it was oh. right after you said it and your face um, looks like you're. I don't know what's going on. Like you're going through some things. <laughs> you really look. Well, like that's a horrible picture. It's not. It's not a good one. It's Please don't post one. that. <laughs> oh no, I'm gonna delete it. I just. I want. That's for you. That's I for you, buddy. It. I appreciate that. <laughs> the one nice thing you've ever done for me is mm. not posting that picture on the internet. I'm gonna post it right now. <laughs> nah, you son of a bitch. <laughs> All right. Well, we will. Uh, we will chat next week, and hopefully, we'll be talking about a Packers victory. And then uh, a home game against the what are they playing next? The Panthers, mm-hmm. uh, and leading into the bye week there. So we'll be back to our normal Thursday episode next week. So it'll be uh, again Packers offense and uh, Panthers defense. So it'll be a good episode for you guys to tune in, listen to, and we we'll obviously we make fun of Sarah for her horrible score prediction again. Mm. So I we have. You have one game better than me. <laughs> one game better than me. He, also, I know. I'm fully aware. I'm fully he aware. doesn't need much to lord it over your head, sir. So. Also, if the Packers win this week, what do Dusty and I get next week? I mean, it's still eye contact. I mean, do you need something? Is there something else you guys need from me? We can discuss it off air. I've got, <laughs> got, got a couple things in mind. All right. How about this? If if they go, if they beat. If they go for, uh, they win the next two mm. against the Chargers and the Panthers, then we can up the ante and we will discuss off air something else that will happen besides eye contact. So that's that's nine and one going into the bye. So if we're talking about when when we're talking about the Niners game, yes, something will be done by then. That's fair. Okay, okay, yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah, it's not an every week increment. Like we're not upping this every single week with something new. This was when they beat the Chiefs on the road. There was eye contact because I kind of thought that that wouldn't happen. (laughs) All right. I think that's a good place to end it. Nobody else wants to hear about this anymore. So I will uh, talk to you guys next week um, after a Packers victory. Uh, Make sure you follow everybody on Twitter. Of course, Dusty's dropping. I mean, I hate Dusty, but he's dropping some fire every single day, pretty much, with videos, with tweets, with everything. So, at Dusty Evely, at Sarah Kelleher 4, at Steve Furhatch, if you want, uh, as well as the Packaday Podcast, at Packaday Podcast. Um, So, again, keep tuning in. We love it. We love all the interactions on Twitter, except for the Patrick, you suck. Uh, (laughs) You you know. You know. So. uh, Know what you've done. You know what you did. Uh, keep listening. We appreciate it as always. Uh, we will catch you next week. And as always, go pack, go. Go pack, go.